Hello and welcome to the Lipstick League. I can't believe it. Another episode and now we're finally launched. Yay! Yay! By the way, it's where sports and pop culture come to play. That's right. That's right. I'm Nicole. And I'm Natalie. Should we keep saying our last names? You I think people know. know us by now? I think they should know us by now. If you're at episode four, then you should probably have a good idea of who we are. Um, so it's so crazy that we finally launched and we've been keeping this little secret. I know. I know. And the week that we finally do the podcast, all hell breaks loose in Philly. <laughs> yeah, pretty much the week that we finally, you know, get it up and running. Um, but it could, I guess it's the most perfect storm you can ask for, for a, you know, sports podcast, considering that this has been playing out since April with the benching of Carson Wentz. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. All right. So you're like, why does that sound? What's that noise? And this is a Tupperware container. Um, because this is a podcast where, yes, we do talk about sports, but we like to talk about stuff every in between. And Natalie was so nice and made homemade chicken soup. I did. Can I you did. smell it? Hold on. Can you smell can it? You, can they smell I'm it? I'm holding it up to the microphone. Can you smell it? Yeah. So, so earlier in the week, I was really just craving some homemade chicken soup. But you have it in did you always have the Instapot or did you went out and bought the Instapot? No. So I got the Instapot. Actually, won it last year at a Mother's Day coach bag bingo. Fun. So they, yeah. you know, they were giving away the purses and they gave yeah. away other prizes. So I ended it up like Our Lady of Ransom. Yeah, I, yeah. I actually think it was at maternity BBM in the Northeast. <laughs> I'm dead serious. So I, uh, I won the Instapot and it's been a godsend ever since. However, I've never really gotten too fancy with it because. Quite frankly, it kind of scared me at first. But like, you're a cook. Like, in quarantine, you were cooking up a storm. Yeah, yeah. I love to cook. It's kind of, it's my thing. It's, like, my safe space. It's, like, really good for me. It's, like, very therapeutic for me. So, um. This is good because we're going to have a lot of recipes. Oh, for sure. Especially just let me get in there and get my hands dirty in the kitchen. I love nothing more. So she's, <laughs> the other day, she's like, oh, I made this six pounds of chicken soup i go is there any leftovers are you gonna bring it in for me but it it was amazing because i really just wanted to make a chicken soup from scratch and i wanted it to be fresh like i didn't want to use you know pre-cooked chicken or anything like that so i just googled this recipe just a generic um chicken noodle soup recipe and i kind of had my own things that i add to it and then I looked for, you know, the best way to do fresh chicken, and it said to buy a whole chicken. So I get it home. And Wait, then so I, you did, like, bones and all? Oh, yeah. So I get Where'd I, you get it? I just bought a whole um, oven stuffer. Wow. From okay. the supermarket, and it's a six-pound chicken, and it said um, to roast it for two hours in the oven. And I was like, who has time for that? But I'm like, you know what? I'll just put the water on, you know, I'll let the vegetables simmer, I'll roast the chicken Sounded in like the an oven. Italian grandma that yes. got Nana over that's here. Mama <laughs> Nat. That's my oh, Mama Nat. That's like my other nickname. <laughs> um so then I I was sitting standing in my kitchen and you know, I just unwrapped the chicken and pulled out the gizzards and wow, really got in there. Yeah, huh? I got I got I get my hands dirty. I'm not af- <laughs> I'm not afraid of a little gizzard action. Wait, did I ever tell you how my nanny used to feed me the gizzards? No. I never told you the story? No. So my nana, she babysat so I had Nana and Pop up and then Grammy and Grandpa. Nana and Papa were my dad's parents and Nana never really left the house. She had really bad arthritis, but she would when I was like two or three, she would watch me and she would boil chicken gizzards and then she'd feed them to me. Well, obviously chicken gizzards are gross. Yeah. And so I would eat it with ketchup and I always say that oh that's what my ruined God. my metabolism. Stop Nana, it. The chicken gizzards. And then when we had Sadie, our dog, yeah. my dad used to boil chicken gizzards for sk- for Sadie yeah. and it smelled so bad and then she died at 11 and I always say dad killed her with the gizzards. Oh my God. <laughs> Maybe there's something to that. Have you ever researched that? No, but I should. But you brought it up and all these memories flip. yeah now <laughs> now like your past, your childhood trauma is coming up and you're thinking about your poor dog that went over the rainbow bridge because the gizzards so i'm glad you took the gizzards out yeah, i took them out and i threw them out immediately i didn't even know this i threw them out immediately um and then i'm looking at this chicken um and then all of a sudden i see the instapot out the corner of my Wait, eye so you didn't even think to do it in the Instapot no. till that, that instant. No, till that oh. instant. <laughs> till that instant, I was like, oh, my God. So I, I Googled chicken noodle soup in an Instapot. Okay. And it truly is a one 
hot under one hour so situation. Crazy. So did you put the whole chicken in there? So I, I used the saute button, sauteed okay. celery, onions, carrots. Yeah. It's a very simple recipe. Poured in the chicken stock, dunked the bad boy in there, turned it on pressure cook on the highest temperature, pressure cooked it for 20 minutes. And, you know, it takes longer than 20 minutes. Yeah. It takes about 40 minutes. And then, you know, the pressure, you, you release the valve, the steam comes out. Uh, then when it finally cools down, you can open it. Um, so get the chicken out after it's done pressure cooking. This was all in under an hour. Um, throw the Instapot back on simmer. Okay. Then you throw the noodles in. I use the bow ties, as you just saw. So good. Um, and then I you shred the chicken, and then you throw the chicken. Wait, did you take a picture pot. of it? I think I did. Okay, good. Yeah. Because we inhaled it. We can yeah. take a picture of the empty container. Been, it was literally the best chicken soup I've ever had. What? Yes. Nuh-uh. I swear to God, well, she put lemon in it. I, so I use lemon and ginger and soy sauce. I would have never in a thousand years ever thought that, that would make delicious chicken soup. Well, just because I think that the soy so- sauce helps give it, um, like the chicken, a little bit more flavor, yeah. and I like the ginger just for you know, like healing healing yes. purposes, especially we during this season. We should have sent some of this season. to Carson Wentz. <laughs> we should have sent him some of my homemade chicken soup. Hi! Yes. Well, he probably has enough geese that he kills. He can make geese soup. Um, he probably does, or duck soup or something like that. Um, yeah, and then I use lemon, just like lemon ginger, like just to have like all the different flavors in there. It's and so It was so good. Top it off with parsley, some salt and pepper, and you're ready to go. And it took me under two hours. That is so from scratch. From I didn't scratch with a with a whole chicken. With a whole raw with chicken. With a whole raw minus chicken. the gizzards. Yes, minus the gizzards. Well, Natalie's gonna put this recipe up on our socials. So Facebook, Instagram at the Lipstick League. We're having a Twitter issue, but we won't get to that right now. <laughs> okay, I, we're we're a work in progress. And again, thank here, you I'm to just, everybody because who's... we're raw and real here. I'm gonna tell you what I did. So I thought I'd be really cute with Twitter and make our birthday on Twitter. Yeah. This week when we <laughs> launched and when I put in 2020 and it was like, are you sure this is your birthday? And I'm like, yeah, send. And then it was like, your account is locked. You are under 13 years old. I'm like, no. And so, yeah. So right now our Twitter account is locked. I'm hoping knock on wood. Maybe by the time you are listening to this, it's unlocked. I don't know, but we're working on it. So Jack from Twitter, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> which he is, I'm sure. Absolutely. Um, can you please unlock us? Yeah. Because, but Facebook and Instagram are in pristine condition right now. So Natalie will put her chicken recipe up yeah. there. We have a lot of fun pictures and stuff. And please feel free to message us, sh- slide in our DMs. Yeah. Again, you know, the rules of the show are. Don't be an asshole. And. What's the other Good vibes only. Show? Oh, and good vibes. <laughs> that's what I thought. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, the, they, the two kind of go hand in hand. I was exactly. like, am I missing a rule? Um, yeah, so good vibes only. Don't be an asshole. And I'm looking forward to interacting with everybody now that the world is aware that we exist. Yay! Chicken soup for all. Remember chicken that book, soup Chicken for Soup for the Soul? Oh, I had God. every single one Me of too. them. Me too. Chicken Soup for the Teenage Soul. I would chicken even read the Chicken Soup for ones. the Pet Owner Soul. Yes. <laughs> Wait, I, I would like We need to have it. Ginger as a guest. Oh, my God. I would love to have my little Gingy. She would probably bark. We need to put her on the socials. Yes, Ginger needs to get on the socials. You know, she's she's been with me since the beginning of my career. How long have you had her? I've had her since 2010. Wow. Yeah, and she made her first TV debut when I made my first TV debut in really? 2011 or 12 when I was I was uh, uh, the host of the Great Sports Debate on Comcast Sportsnet. Comcast Sportsnet. Yeah, um when they did a little reboot of it back then, uh, I I kind of opened the show and I took social media questions then, which think about Twitter and, you know, social media it's in 2011. Such, yeah. Yeah, um but we were doing a dog competition, and Ginger made her cameo. Oh, my God, cute. All the way back then, and she was just this young little spring chicken. Then fast forward 10 years later, when I was home during OG quarantine, during the yeah. beginning of the pandemic, they replaced my little box on the TV screen with an animation of me and Jin. <laughs> yeah. So it's just this journey that her and I have been on together. So yeah, she has to be a part of the Lipstick League. Absolutely. Yeah. She's official she's, mascot. I was just going to say, is she her mascot? <laughs> yeah. Done. Yay. Done. And I feel like her name, it's like classic, but sassy and like it's, a beaut. Just that's like ex- us. Well, and that's exactly how she is. And yeah. she doesn't take any shit. So. Done. Yeah. 
Um, so there's a couple storylines we want to talk about. Obviously, the biggest one is Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts. I also really want to talk about Alex Smith, and so we'll get yeah. to that. Well, we've talked about him prior, and I in episode one. Yeah. How funny is it? We were talking about him, and we're like, he's never going to play again. Hop, skip, and again, the NFL is such a crazy world that you never know what's going to happen. Peter King, who's an iconic NFL sports writer, he has a podcast. Ooh, maybe we can get him on. And he always says the NFL is the greatest reality show there is. It is. It really is, because you even think of the Super Bowl year, and it's like, you can't script it. No. Like, you just can't. And so the fact that Alex Smith potentially is going to make the no-name Washington football team win the NFC East is... I can't. It's... It's mind-blowing. So we're going to get to that because if you don't know about Alex Smith's injury and there's this really eerie... um, It's very eerie about what happened to him and his injury and another iconic football, but I feel like we have to talk about Jalen and And Carson. Carson. Yeah, so um, the airwaves in Philadelphia... Sports Radio in Philadelphia, we've been talking about this since the day they drafted Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Uh, the Mike Bissonelli show in particular, not trying to brag, and it's not that I'm biased, even though I am, said this from day one, that this was the perfect storm yep. to conjure up a quarterback controversy. Yep. And, again, here we are, hop, skip, few weeks later into the NFL season, Carson Wentz, regressed at this exponential rate that is still unexplainable inexplicable nobody knows why it I, literally is something out of a sci-fi movie it's, it's something out of a sci-fi movie enter jalen hurts here he goes he's starting it's the perfect again shitstorm of events to cause what i call a hellscape for any football team wow okay Nobody wants a quarterback controversy. That, to me, the when your team has a quarterback controversy, that's a sign that your team is in really, really, really terrible shape. Yeah. If, if you can't, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a team. Yeah. That's the most pivotal position for a football team. But I feel like you tweeted this months ago. And when we announced this podcast, I said, first I was a fan of yours and now we're friends, yes, which is so yes. true. But because I followed you obviously for so long before we became friends. And I think you said this months ago where you were like, Howie, we just got over a quarterback controversy. We yeah. literally at the end of last yep. season, we just fucking got over the Nick we- Foles Carson Wentz controversy. And it finally seemed to just chill out. And then all of a sudden you go and draft Jalen Hurts and cause all of this drama again. All of this drama again. And, you know, I I said, and I I put out the tweet, the day they drafted Jalen Hurts, I said, I always thought that hell was one never-ending quarterback controversy, but that's just life as an Eagles fan. (laughs) Joke's on me because we've lived it forever, forever and ever and ever here in Philadelphia. I just feel like it's one never-ending saga of finding a quarterback. You, We can't just have a Tom Brady type. We can't just have, like, a Peyton Manning type or Wait, Eli Manning. Or- yes, because I literally was just saying this the other day. I was saying, my God, like, why does Pittsburgh get to have Ben and yep. Green Bay gets to have Aaron, Aaron and Seattle gets to have Russell and it's just these these cities they get to have these quarterbacks and I'm not saying we need a Tom Brady where he's there for 20 years like he no. was in Boston but like 10 would be nice 10 would be nice 8 um, would be great uh, well and it's just again the mal the organizational malpractice you know I've been crying about it for the last 12 weeks yeah. now it's it's so evident, and I'm just so ready for it to be done. I'm ready for a fresh set of eyes. I'm ready to see what the next chapter for the Philadelphia Eagles is because they are setting themselves up for an immediate state of purgatory, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because you don't know who your quarterback is. You don't know what... Who who to build the offense around? Well, and they're two completely different quarterbacks. That's another yes. thing. Yeah. It's not like their skill set mirrors each other. No. So, so you can't even go out and get receivers that complement both. They no. they do two different things. Yeah, they do two different things. You know, Wentz likes to go vertical. Jalen is this quick mobile 
you know, hold run the ball himself. Right. I mean, Carson does, but Carson likes to roll outside the pocket and throw the ball down the field. Yeah. He hasn't had anybody to throw to. Right. Uh, and then you have somebody like Jalen Hurts, who honestly, we don't even know what what actual system he's going to fit into in the NFL. It's because he has never played in the NFL. Yeah, ever. So is, are you going to bank on the guy? Well, they banked on Carson. This is also what makes zero sense. If they were to try and trade him, just say that they were to try and trade him, yep. they would be giving him $34 million to go away. They would eat it. They would have to eat that money yep. over 20% of the cap hit for next year. Yep. And it, it, it makes zero sense. They've tied their hands so far behind their backs with this that they deserve and and I'm so bitter about it yeah. that they deserve the shit that they're getting. Well, here's what I think that's so frustrating to me is that I want people to be smarter than me. I've never worked in an NFL organization, but I want to hope that the people who run an NFL organization are smarter than me. I want them to know more than me. And so is it ego? Is that what it really comes down to? Does it come down to the fact that they won one Super Bowl, which now really does seem like lightning in a bottle, that it was just the perfect storm of free agency and Carson being who he was at that time and who, how he got, because it wasn't really about the drafting even in 2017. It was really just about the random pieces, how he got. And like, even during the season to kind of complete that team. But at the helm of that was Carson Wentz. Yeah. At the helm of that team was Carson Wentz. He was favored to be an the MVP, MVP for the season. So, again, it's not that his skill set disappeared. Something else happened that led him to this really terrible career low that he's in right now. So, you know, what's really interesting is that two things. One is that I feel really bad for him. And I don't know why. Obviously, I don't know Carson Wentz. I've never met Carson Wentz. There, I just, and I said this, I do this little bit on my Instagram called Coffee Under the Covers. And... I really do. I feel bad for him. And like, I don't know why I do, but I just do it. Like it makes me sad. And it's because I remember the potential and then to fall from grace so drastically. So drastically. And none of it was his doing. It's not like he did anything other than have this regression that warranted the disrespect that he's gotten from this team, but also the team has done him no favors. Right. So this is really interesting. CBS sports is a really good Instagram account. And this is kind of like another perspective where it says how Aaron Rodgers handled quarterback competition. Green Bay won another QB. They drafted Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers is in the MVP race. How Carson Wentz handled the quarterback competition. The Eagles won another QB. They drafted Jalen Hurts. And Wentz gets benched. And it yeah. is an interesting part of the conversation, right? Like Aaron Rodgers was pissed when Green Bay drafted Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers is almost 38 years old. He's on the tail end of his career. Yeah. So Green Bay, it was just what the Patriots did when they drafted Jimmy Garoppolo. And Tom Brady freaked out and Jimmy Garoppolo was on the next bus to San Francisco. That's what, that's what Tom <laughs> sent Jimmy across the country. Literally. He's like, you're not just going to another team. You're going to the other side of the country. He literally was like, see you later, son. Yeah. You know, and like, so that is part of it. And so much of the theme of this podcast is we talk about what's going on upstairs, what is going on in someone's head. Yeah. Because you could talk about statistics and how far he throws the ball and his accuracy percentages. But at the end of the day, it's mental. And at the end of the day, what's happened to Carson over the course of the last three seasons, his he hasn't handled it. You know, it's like Tom, they drafted Jimmy Garoppolo to take over Tom Brady, and Tom Brady was like, fuck that, and Jimmy Garoppolo was gone, and Tom Brady still won three more rings. So here's another part of the whole Carson Wentz situation, and again, we talked, we've talked about this into oblivion yeah. on the Mike Mastinelli show the, like the past week or so. Um, is Carson too nice of a guy? Right. Has he been too nice about the situation? Because he is a team player, and, you know, he has this – I'm a kind person and I want to, and I want to be supportive, but at the same time, it's like you, you got to protect yourself. And I, I feel like I've learned this lesson myself is, is you, you are your own advocate, right? 
Right. Nobody's in that. Nobody is standing up for you right now. So who's going to stand up for you? You have to stand up for yourself. Well, but I also think, though, it's like they, you know, the Packers drafted Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers is like, oh, you think I'm the old dog that you want to retire? Fuck you, dude. And now he's like balling out. Right. And so perhaps. So that's the flip side to the thought that maybe Carson's too nice. It's does he not have that instinctual competitor in him where Tom's approach is I'm going to send you to Guam. Yes. And Aaron Rodgers approach is I'm going to ball out and you're never going to get my job because I'm just going to play at the highest level that I can. Right. It's there. There's that perception now that Carson doesn't have that instinct and that instinct as a competitor he regressed instead of like pro, like instead of progressing right when they draft another quarterback which is what we've talked about before in other episodes it's the whole grace under pressure right is that excuse me his whole life he was valedictorian of his class he was the star in his high school he was went to north dakota state he was the star in college he's never had any sort of opportunity where he's ever had to like fight and claw and scratch for something. Right. So we're like Tom Brady's career. He fought and clawed and scratched for it. He's still doing it even at the end of his career. Yeah. I mean, he was drafted in the sixth round. Yeah. 199. 199. Just this, this little scrawny dude. We're like Carson, the Eagles, you know, played chess to get him. Yeah. So that could be it too, that Carson doesn't know what, adversity really is and this is the first time and then somebody else said to me the other day it's the bull Durham effect that he got married and had a kid and he's just like i'm good i yeah. mean jake elliott too yeah jake J- elliott i, I jake I elliott got married adopted those again. dogs yeah. and now and now put, he doesn't know how to kick a ball he's like he puts the he's, dogs in the bike basket he's, dun, 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 he's, dun, been, <laughs> he's throwing the ball to the dogs and yeah. he hasn't been kicking enough of the ball and the actually bo- he killed i almost had the score prediction to a t on yeah. Sunday, and because he missed that extra point, he fucked it. It's weird. It's yeah. weird. And but again, that goes back to being mental, right? Like the Bull Durham effect. If you don't know, it's Susan Sarandon's character wouldn't have sex with him because she was like, "I'm gonna ruin your mojo." Yeah. And then even Major League. Remember the movie Major League? Yeah. That his whole thing was like before a big game. Like he there was in Rocky. It wasn't that in Rocky where he wouldn't have sex before a big match. Yeah. It, well, they they do say that it's something about the pent up testosterone. Yeah. That makes you you play better. Right. So I don't know if there's anything to that. But then again. You can't use that as an excuse either because look at Philip Rivers. Yes. I don't think he's, he's true. He got married in college to his high school sweetheart. And has 10 kids. He has 10 kids. Same thing with Fitzmagic. <laughs> with Fitzpatrick, he has 10 kids too. Yeah, yeah. So And he's he's a journeyman like Josh McCowan. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. Spread in the seed. <laughs> Planting and spreading the seed <laughs> yeah. all over the NFL. I mean, isn't his wife tired? But I don't I know. Maybe know. they have nannies. Yeah, they they definitely have nannies. Yeah. But it is just, it's just very interesting. And, and I really do feel bad for Carson. But I'm trying to think of maybe it, it, maybe it just is. Maybe there's been other players, not to this capacity. I mean, I'm. I'm pretty sure from what I've read that this is unprecedented in the NFL. Yeah, this is it's never happened so quickly at this level. Yes. With a quarterback. Right. It it's it's kind of unheard of. So it's going to be intriguing to see how this Sunday goes against the Saints, what they're going to do with um Jalen Hurts and even Doug Peterson in his press conference this week. He comes out and he's like, "Well, you know, we just have to simplify the game and we have to run the ball and we have to... Uh, all the stuff he should have been doing. All the stuff he should have been doing for Carson since day one. Yeah. If you if you see your quarterback struggling, what do they say when you're struggling, if anything, in life? You need to simplify something go in your life. Go back to basics. You go back to the basics. So why he has these blinders for Carson Wentz. It's really strange. I again, I I have my theory that he has this weird backup quarterback thing and he goes actually, back to ego. Yeah, well, and because he was behind Favre, yep. so he probably resents Favre, so he probably resents Carson because Carson gets all these Favre comparisons. Yep. Um that that's why he has these it's blinders. It's like an Ace Ventura movie. Yeah. 
which is why Doug has these blinders uh, when it comes to Carson. And, um, yeah, I just don't know. I don't know what the Eagles are going to do, but they, well, they created this mess for themselves, so now they have to lie in it. And yeah. I, I Mostly, first and foremost, I feel bad for the fan base. I feel bad for the players on the team because I know that no, like nobody wants to lose. Right. But also, I feel bad for the fan base because they don't deserve this. And I really do think it goes back to ego. I mean, Bill Belichick never wrote a book after all of his Super Bowl wins. But sure did. Doug Peterson sure did and went on a tour, yep. you know? Yeah, he went on the book tour during training camp. Yeah. And I also, if you read Jason Kelsey, um, came out today, he did a Zoom interview and basically said it's a organizational failure. I mean, he called out coaches, called out the organization. He said yeah, it's he not all to. on Carson. Which, and total side note, I texted you when I read this, that Fletcher Cox said that Carson is his best friend on the team. Yeah, so actually they have a great relationship. And you know why? Because they go hunting together. Which is so, you never see them interact on the socials or like pictures together. No, I mean, I, I think that they're both kind of private guys. And um, yeah, Fletch is from what? He's from like South Carolina. Where is he from? Let me look that up real quick. Fletch is. I know um, Jason Peters is from the middle of Texas, but yeah, I don't know no. where. Fletch is from. Is he from Alabama? Mississippi? Mississippi. Yeah. Yazoo City, Mississippi. Right. Yeah. So he's one of those Southern boys and. Yeah, they hunt together. But I just think it was actually really cute where he said, Carson's my best friend on the team. And then I just picture them like sitting on the sofa drinking hot chocolate. Well, that (laughs) or can you just imagine the two of them in camo in the woods? Yeah. And like, what do they talk about? I don't know. It's just, it's funny. Yeah. And they seem like two, like total opposites. Total opposites. Yeah. I I said to be a fly on the wall when when those two are hanging out. Yeah. It's it's probably so sweet. It actually warms my heart a little. I know. I'm like, oh, <laughs> like that's really cute. So the thing is, is like we just don't know. And it it does make me feel bad. But at the same time, like I get frustrated because I'm like, because I do think that so much of it, it's it's Howie and Doug. But I also think some of it is Carson. You know, I think it's some of it is him never taking, never seeing a sports psychiatrist and never listening to the coaches and but then I think that the, he obviously the organization needs to know some you have to know how you need to be coached right so like for instance when I was on the biggest loser Bob would try to Bob Harper was my trainer and we would try to box and he'd be like come on all right hit this bag yeah, yeah come on you know you're gonna let that black team look at the red team over there that red team and black team they think you're weak and I would just be like oh, I don't want to I'm gonna love her not a fighter yeah like I'm that's not going to hype me up, right? Like yeah. it's so you have to figure out how to get the most. And that goes back to emotional intelligence. They say that Doug's good at it, but I don't know. Well, we and again, we had a caller this week who actually brought up how the Eagles tout themselves as being an organization of emotional intelligence and I said, "That's funny considering you gaslight." Yeah. A lot of your players. Yes. You want to claim emotional intelligence, but Malcolm Jenkins came out this week and said that he felt that he wasn't respected yes. here. Played every snap yes. of every down. His statement. I mean, he didn't let anything. You know, he didn't hold back. The relationship that they have with Zach Ertz right now, the Terrible. way that you're doing nothing to protect Carson, you want to, you want to claim emotional intelligence, but you're gaslighting your players. And isn't that, isn't that like... Red flag and like a class, you know, like a sign of abuse. Malcolm literally said it just wasn't valued that much by the people making the decisions. Like, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it is, I think it's so hard being a fan right now because I don't know, you know, you watch the Chiefs and you watch. Although, how about we're going to talk about Alex Smith, but the fact that the Washington football team beat the, the Steelers and my friend, one of my really good friends, Julie, hey, Jules, she's obsessed with the Steelers. And I was like, I'm really sorry because they lost. They I mean, they yeah. were 11 and 0. I know. But like being able to root for a team that just is just steamrolling it. And did you see Mike Tomlin, who's the head coach? Did you see what he said to Chase Young? What did he say? So Chase Young... This is actually a really good segment because we're going to talk about the Redskins. But so Chase Young went to Ohio State and he's arguably the best defensive end 
in football right now, even though he's a rookie. But there was a really great clip of when the Steelers played the Washington football team this past week. He said to Mike Tomlin, who's head coach of the Steelers, said to Chase Young, let me hold on. Let me pull it up um, because I don't want to I don't want to mess it up because it's it's so smooth. Um, He said. Oh, I can't find it. You're going to have to. Okay. He said, I never want to lose enough games to get a player like you. Because he was, so Mike Tom was basically saying that, like, I never want to be a losing football team to get a number one draft pick. Yeah. Which was just, and, like, that's how Mike Tomlin thinks. Like, the fact that the Steelers have always just, like, lived, even though, they may have not won multiple Super Bowls in the last how many years. They've they're always in it. They're always yeah. in the conversation of playoffs. And Mike Tomlin recognized how much of a badass Chase Young is, and he's like, "I would love to have you, but I'm not losing enough games to get you because I don't want to be the first choosing the draft." Well, and, and that that I think is also indicative of the Eagles' mindset is that. They are not trying to win now. Right. And and I, again, it goes back to the Hurts pick because if you're trying to win this season, you need to look at the immediate needs of your team. Right. I, I, and I feel like this is football 101, and this this is what pisses me off, again, is that there were so many needs for this team. Yeah. You needed, you needed defensive linemen. You needed receivers you need linebackers you needed linebackers yeah like you needed so much for this team you did not need a quarterback so that's the question though like what really is going on in the organization is it something that's being run by a bunch of idiots or is it something more that we just didn't know why they made the decisions that they did no i think it's being run by a bunch of idiots who are trying to outsmart themselves which is probably correct yes um all right so let's talk about alex smith so Alex Smith is currently the quarterback for the no-name Washington football team, which is insane that they still have not found a name. I think I kind of think that being the Washington football team is hilarious. Like it's just a giant W. It reminds me of the W's from Sesame Street. Oh remember my God, when the yeah. little you, when they would come out? Do, do you remember the the episode? One of my favorite episodes with Lionel Richie, where he's saying, "You really got a hold on me." And then yeah. the, the characters come out and they the U wraps around him. <laughs> do you remember so that? Do you remember that? And he's trying to get the uh, really, and he's trying to get the U. Oh my God! Yeah, uh, and the U's just yeah. loving on him. Love that's it. that's what I think of when I look at the Washington football team logo. I think. That, that. Um, I and I'm trying to think of what um like what the song was for W. I'm blanking on it. Right well, now. my mom's a kindergarten teacher and she has the letter people and I don't know W, but I know it's Mr. M with the munching mouth. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah. munches morning to midnight. <laughs> That's so I weird. We remember, but so it is really. But from what I heard is that there was this real estate agent in the D.C. area who copyrighted all these potential names. Oh, yeah, this is true. It is true. Yeah. And they've now been in litigation. Yeah, because he's like, you're not getting my names. Right. I saw this coming from a mile away. What did, that's what I was, you get, that, and again, that's what you get for waiting so long to so just do long. the right thing. So, okay, so Alex Smith played for the 49ers, and then he played for the Kansas City Chiefs with Andy Reid for a while, and then the Kansas City Chiefs drafted Patrick Mahomes, and Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith, which interestingly enough, was a very similar situation with Jalen and Carson when you think about it. Yeah. Because they drafted Patrick Mahomes, and they do you remember that they drafted Patrick Mahomes when the draft was here in Philly? Yes. And the only reason I, that I vividly remember that is that one of my friends, Jonathan, went to Texas Tech. Okay. And so I was at the draft, like, on the stage, and when they're like, and with the whatever pick, the Kansas City Chiefs, Texas Tech, and I recorded it for him, not realizing that Patrick Mahomes was going to be Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So it's kind of like a cool moment that he was actually drafted. But Alex Smith, I mean, he basically knew what was happening when they oh, drafted yeah. him. Yeah. And Patrick Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes' dad to this day says he would not be the player he is without, without Alex, Alex Smith. Smith. Yeah. It's insane. I mean, it's just... Again, it's one of those situations where handling it 
in the moment and I guess addressing it like as it presents itself. Right. Right. But Alex was over 30. So that's another thing. Yeah. He wasn't still in his prime and and on the rise. And it's different. It's different. He he kind of saw that he was nearing the end of his road. Right. And that he wasn't going to be the long term solution for the team. Right. Whereas they had just paid Carson $128 million. Yeah. And another thing that's really interesting about Patrick Mahomes and about what the Chiefs did compared to what the Eagles are doing is that they sat Mahomes behind a seasoned quarterback to learn. Yep. He had basically a year and a half between training camp and the offseason and the season to be a true backup to sit and learn and study and watch film. So by the time he was ready, he was ready. Where Jalen Hurts... No, they're throwing him in there cold. Here, and they did it to Carson. Well, I they, mean, hello, I was in Iceland peeing in a hut when yeah. I got this <laughs> alert that they were... that. That, you know, Sam Bradford was traded and they just threw Carson into the fire, too. Well, yeah. So now they're throwing Jalen Hurts. The quarterback factory. Yeah, that's well, that's exactly what how we said that we are. And it's the dumbest statement that I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, But they're throwing Hurts in there so cold and they're they're setting him up for failure, too, because you're not even putting him in with a proper team. Right. You're not even putting putting him in with a proper team. You don't even have you don't have receivers. Right. You don't what have- Kansas City did for Patrick Mahomes, when you see they had such a plan. And so it's not surprising. I mean, obviously he's phenomenal, but when you realize that he had the time to be to incubate, you know what I mean? Like yes, he he's the, like in a little egg. Yes, before he, before he hatched. Correct. Yeah, and so when he hatched, he was ready. Yeah, he was ready to go. It, it's just, it's such a mess. It's such so, a mess. So okay, so Alex Smith. This story is is phenomenal. So Alex Smith played for the 49ers, and then he went to the Chiefs, and then they traded him to the Washington Football Team. It was the Redskins at the time. And he was a starting quarterback, and it was whatever. And so on November 18th, 2018, he broke his right tibula and fibula. It was this crazy, gruesome, insane injury. Yeah, he almost had to have his leg amputated. So you have to watch the ESPN 60 documentary. Did you watch it? No, I didn't watch it. Oh, my God, it's so good. So he had 17 surgeries. So basically, he he had the injury. They rushed him to the hospital. He had surgery. It was supposed to be one of those things that, like, will he ever play again? We're not sure. But it's 2018, so medicine is different. Because the eerie, eerie, eerie part of this is that Joe Theismann was the quarterback of the Washington Redskins November 18th, 1985, and had the same exact injury. Yeah. So Joe Theismann, November 18th, 1985, broke his right tibula and fibula. November 18th, 2018... Same exact position. Alex Smith broke his right tibula and fibula. Wait, I didn't realize it was the same exact day. Yes, and same exact position. That is insane. And so the crazy part is, is that obviously Joe Thais, it it stopped his career. He never played again. So no one was, no one was really sure what was going to happen with Alex Smith. And so he goes and gets surgery and he had like a low grade fever, fever, and they thought he was going to go home and fine. And so... He was going to get released. It was the day before Thanksgiving 2018. And his wife called the team doctor and said, this is what's going on. She goes, why don't you just stay the night? What's the harm? And she's a woman. Badass woman. We need to get her on. We need to get her on the phone. Yeah, the team do. doctor for the for the Washington football team. And they're like, fine. That night he took a turn. Well, here he had septus. Oh, my God. And so you have to watch he had the, the infection. He had the infection. Yeah. And so he had 17 surgeries. And. They almost amputated his leg and his wife asked the doctor what she should do. And they said they should amputate. And Alex said, no, you're not getting rid of my leg. And so you have to see the visual of this, though, about how he had this apparatus attached to his leg and how he ended up coming back from it. And not only did he come back from it, but he literally is now starting again in the NFL and is playing pretty well. And there's a really good chance that Washington could end up winning the, the NFC East. East. I know. And well, his um injury the other night with the blood in his sock from yes. the cleat, that was intense. Yeah, he got cleated. I know. 
I worry. I I'm anytime I see him and like I see him extend himself, I'm just kind of like, oh, it hurts. You're you're always like that when you see like a quarterback get hit or whatever. But it, for for him, I feel like it just it hurts a little bit more. So you know what's really interesting is that the the first game back was against the Rams, and his first sack was Aaron Donald, who's like a beast. Yes, and oh, he Jesus said, God. and I read That's an right. interview with him, and he said, you know, might as well rip the bandaid off. Like if I'm gonna get if I'm if, gonna get sacked, yeah, well, I'll have it be Aaron Donald. Yeah. Could you imagine, though? But no. he said, like, after, because he said, obviously, I was a little apprehensive. But then after that, I kind of was just like, all right, like, let's just do it. Yeah. But it's really interesting in regards to medicine, right? So when you see, like, when you hear about Joe Theismann and his injury, and obviously he's he he was fine. He just never could play again. And Alex, and he actually went to the, in, the Intrepid Institute, which is in Texas, where they rehab and do surgeries on veterans that are wounded in combat. Oh, wow. That's the extent of his injury. That is so crazy. It is. Watch the documentary on ESPN because it is so fascinating. And the fact that he was able to come back and able to play and able to start. And it's just, and that kind of is really so fascinating to me about the will. Do you know what I mean? Like, he could have just been like, I'm done, but he just wanted it. Yeah. No, he he totally wanted it. And I can't even, I feel like after that type of situation, I feel like I might reevaluate my job and, and, you know, wherever I am in life and maybe just do something a little less combative. Right. And so he did say that. He you know, said, you, make, you know what? You made all that money. You can probably invest or like yeah, open like a restaurant. He's made or like something. over 120 million or something yeah, like that. It's not, it's not like you have to go back to playing football. You but can... he did say that like at first it was just, I want to walk. And then it, then it, he, he goes, I literally took it like sometimes hour by hour where it was like, I want to walk. Then it was like, well, I want to play with my kids. And then when he realized that there's a chance that he could play again, he's just like, all right, like, let's do it. It's so insane. Yeah. To have that motivation and to have that drive and to have that mentality that you're just going to bounce back from having your leg amputated almost. Yes. And then here you are starting in the NFL again. Right. And so is it a will? Is it like, what is it? You know, and if he could come back from that, Carson has to be able to come back from this. Yeah, he he has to. Will he? I don't know. I don't know if the relationships um, he has here are so damaged. I know that he's not going to be able to recover and he'll just go on somewhere else and be successful with a team that actually appreciates them and wants to provide them with the proper pieces that he needs to be an NFL quarterback because the Eagles clearly don't care because they only care about quarterbacks for some reason, which makes no sense. I know. It's strange. And I did see a really funny tweet that was like, yeah, Carson's going to go to Indianapolis and oh, he's yeah. going to win three Super Bowls yep. and he's going to be MVP because that's the perfect Philly story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's exactly what's going to happen if um, if they don't figure this out. Um, but I <laughs> text you because I was like, hmm. You know, we always do my snack break where I like to talk about my favorite sports snacks. And yeah. obviously, Alex Smith is my sports snack. Why are quarterbacks all hot? You know, I don't know. You don't think? I No, I think that they're hot. Yeah, they're totally always hot. But it's, it's funny. I think because the position requires you. And I think if you look um, at a lot of the really successful quarterbacks over the last 10 to 15 years. Like Joe Montana, yeah. hot. Steve Young, I, hot. I know Peyton Joe Manning Mon is like a six, yeah. you know, but He's, like yeah. it's still weird to me that he got dead babies in his neck, but that's another conversation. Hey, what do you mean? <laughs> when they flew him to Switzerland, you, you like, wait, this is one of my favorite stories. Wh what do you mean dead so babies in his neck? When he, it's, he, he got stem cells, but like ultimately stem cells are from embryos, right? right? So right. I just joke and say it's dead babies in his neck, but like he flew to Switzerland and got experimental treatment and that's when he, in between Indianapolis and, and oh, right. Denver. Oh, and then that's when he came back. Yeah, in his in ne neck and shoulder, but the weirdest, craziest thing is, is that Andrew Luck was playing for the Colts and had the same exact injury and went to Switzerland and also got dead babies in his neck and came back. And then Andrew Luck, kind of what you were just saying about Alex Smith, is that he re he reevaluated his life and thought, hey, maybe this isn't yeah. for me. He just and his statement was like, I've literally beat up my body, beat up to my the mind. point where I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he took the money and nobody's heard from him since. Where is he? He's like, he's like in the front 
told you that. That's what I'm like, <laughs> he's never. Sh- I, sometimes I randomly Google him because I'm like, they have to show. Isn't there a picture of him at Trader Joe's? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Has like, anybody seen him? Where Andrew is Luck? he? No, he just left. He wasn't hot. No, <laughs> no, but. Majority I, of quarterbacks are hot. They're hot, and I think it's their body types because they have to be lean. Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh I mean, God. I like more of a bulky guy. Oh, really? Yes. See, I I'm, like somebody with because, you know, I'm a little curvy, so right. I can't be with a skinny mini. Right. I don't want to be the string bean. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, everybody was going on and on about how Brandon Brooks from the Eagles lost all this weight. I go, no. Yeah. I want them chubby. You're like, more, more to love. Yeah, what are you doing <laughs> losing weight? Ew. <laughs> I don't want a six-pack, but I could appreciate, like, why is Jimmy Garoppolo a model? Like, even Tom Brady, like, he's so hot. Yeah, it is. You know, I never thought of it that way, honestly. Um, and, like, Nick Foles looks Goofy, but then all of a sudden he, he comes well, he to his press his, conference and he and cuts, cuts his hair and he puts on a suit jacket and you're like, and you know okay, he's a GQ and you know he's a tripod. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so you're like, okay, <laughs> the tripod. Ben Roethlisberger, not, not, no, no. He's kind of doofy. He's a little, he's a little doofy. Jalen Hurts is hot. Yeah, he's hotter than Carson. Yeah, he's. I cute. go back and forth. Car- Carson. Sometimes looks hot, and Jen Frederick from Fox 29 is always like, Nicole, Carson is not for you. You're not a girl who's going to date somebody that goes duck hunting. Right. You know, but Jalen Hurts. Yeah. I mean. He's right up your alley. He is. Yeah. i got to check his height, though. I think he's short. I see. Yeah. I don't think he's. But I, I, I think he's maybe around, like, six foot. Alex Smith. Woo! He has those piercing eyes. Aaron Rodgers is hot. I mean, they're all hot. It's weird. Oh, yeah. Jalen Hurts is 6'1". Okay, that's yeah. fine. I could wear a heel. Yeah, you, wear, <laughs> you guys will look great together. Hey, he's a, he's a spring chicken too. Twenty-two years old. Oh wow, right up my alley. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I love that meme. It's like I'm in a weird age. I think you're hot, and your dad too. Yeah. <laughs> could go either way. Could go either Might way. Surprise you. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Um, August 7th, 1998. August 7th? Yeah. He's a Leo. Oh, yeah, he is a Leo. Yes. Yeah, 1998. Dak Prescott, also hot. Yeah. Dak's hot, yeah. Tony Romo, hot. Yeah. Like, we could go down the whole list. I'm not going to bore you. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe, I don't know. Lamar Jackson, not hot. I think he's cute. What? Yeah. No. I mean, seems like a sweetheart, does a lot of stuff with the community, but, like, I'm not, I don't see it. Oh, I think he's adorable. You do? See, I look at, I look at these guys a little differently. Like what? Well, because my, like, my brain is trained from being in, you know, sports media for so long that, like, I actually, I don't objectify them. Okay. Yeah. Good thing I do. We need one person on this podcast. You know, I've just trained my brain. But I will say, what's that um, term where it's like so, so sappy, sexy and sapy, where like you're attracted to someone's mind? That's me. That's that's how I am, too. Yeah. So, like, I think somebody is hot, but like if they're close minded or ignorant or not smart or not funny, doesn't like to dance like. Yeah, I can't. No, it's, no, no. I, I could never, I could never, ever, ever, ever date anybody based on looks alone. Yeah, and I've been on dates with hot guys who have lifted up their shirts and shown me their abs while we were at dinner. No. Oh yeah. No. And I was like, this is not going to work. Like, you think that that's enough for me? No. And then, and then when you turn those guys down and you're like, I don't think this is going to work out, you're they get mad. Yeah, I've never had that issue of them show me their abs. Yeah, it was it was interesting. I'm sitting there eating my gnocchi, (laughs) and this guy's telling me about his new ab workout. And he's like, "You want to see?" And I didn't even have a chance to respond. Lifts up his shirt in the middle of the restaurant. Yeah, that is. I was mortified. I Um, love it. I feel like this week we should just talk about the fact that we're finally live and relaunched. Yeah, that's the big thing. Yeah. And a, The Undoing. Did you watch The Undoing? Oh, yes. That yes. was so good, wasn't it? So the end of The Undoing. What did you think? I mean, I was a little mad at myself that I overthought it, but I thought that the social media reaction to it was hilarious. I like where 
<laughs> like the one was like, we had everybody thinking that the baby did it. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, I, I did. I thought yeah. it was this. I are, should we give any spoilers? It doesn't matter. Yeah, go ahead. I thought it was the son. You did. Yeah, I thought it was the son. I kind of said that in the second episode. I was like, that little kid might be a psycho. He might be the one who followed his dad, got angry at the lady, and then like bashed her head in with the um, hammer. I thought it was the. F- I thought it was the blonde friend. Yeah. The blonde friend. Oh, yeah. Everybody thought it was her. Yeah, and then it was interesting because I saw a tweet that said, we're so, we have such internalized misogyny against women that, like, we couldn't think that she was just being a good friend. Yes. And I was like, wow, that is deep. Yeah. We're trained to think that women always have an ulterior motive. Yeah. And she really just was being a best friend to her. Yeah, she was just. Being a, an emotional support yeah. cushion for her and, friend. And it who... really, like, made me think. And I was like, wow. I was upset about the ending at first because I was like, I wanted to be shocked. But then I thought, okay, that should have been the shock. Well, you know what I loved about the ending? And I, I, well, I loved how Nicole Kidman's character, once she realized, yeah. she just flipped the switch and was like, I'm going to take care of this myself. Right. And she played the game right back at him. Which was amazing. Yeah. She's so good. Yeah. I thought that she owned the character. And I loved, yeah, that she kind of just flipped it around and was like, put me on the stand. You Uh know, she kind of played that. Again, they were mistaking her for being weak. And then once she kind of, you know, realized everything. And I think it showed the strength of a mother because she realized he did it when he tried to blame the son. Yes. That was her moment and been like, oh, you're actually a psycho. Yeah. And yeah. and with the whole thing with the little sister in London and not having any remorse or regret, I mean, that was deep, too. It was also really interesting, too, that you could be married to somebody for that long and really not know them. Yeah. You know, that's, that's freaky, too. That's terrifying. Yeah. I, and I mean, I guess, I don't know, is it because they're so rich? Maybe. That they're just... Two rich people who Or maybe live. she thought because she's a psychiatrist that she could read people yeah. and miss the signs or I don't know, but it was really good. And she always Nicole Kimmins always plays characters with crazy husbands. I was like, it must be the trauma from Tom Cruise. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. And, no, I actually it's funny you say that because I was like, How did she not know? And then I'm like, Well, their house is huge. They have all this space, so yeah. There's a lot of room to be by yourself. It's funny you said that because I have a friend who is a personal assistant to celebrities and You know, I'm always like, oh, it's so weird that all these celebrities break up all the time. But when you have people and the people handle. So, like, my friend was the one when her boss and his partner broke up. Like, she was the one that did all the texting. Your stuff's packed up. I'm leaving it at the front door. Right? So, like, a real person like us, if we would go through a breakup, we would be the one that would have to do all that. Well, and so there and then lies, I think, a lot of issues with or if you want to point to what is a real relationship, are you having a real relationship if your assistant is texting your husband? Or are you just right. two bodies kind of putting yourself together and pretending it's a relationship? And I found a lot of people operate on that level. Mm-hmm. The older I get in life, the more I'm finding out that people are fake as shit. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah so yeah. many people are fake. So many or people. They're not happy. Well, they're not happy and they're faking that they're happy. Yeah. But. I like it's not worth it. That's never been worth it to me. Ever. I'd That's rather, why I'm single because I don't want to settle. Well, I'd rather have the real thing than go through life with somebody for a pocketbook. Oh. Or for a pair of shoes. Or, I, th- I just can't do or it. Or for a house. Like, I would rather, you know, I'd rather be with somebody and be happy in a small apartment than live in this giant mansion and be miserable and feeling alone. Yes. Yeah. Because there are so many people in relationships that are way more lonely than people who aren't. Yes. Because I I will say that I am very fortunate that I rarely feel alone because it's a mindset. Yeah. And, And I feel very fortunate that I have amazing friends, amazing family, and I never, I, I don't want to settle, you know? And you shouldn't settle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was my mindset. And then I, you know, 
put myself out there. And- yeah, put yourself out there. I know. I need to put myself out there. Um, I just don't feel like it. I do, no, thing, no, you like, don't have to. I I didn't for years because I didn't want to. I know. And when I, I when I was putting myself out there, I wasn't really doing that. I know, I know. But like, I would much rather be here with you recording this great podcast than like meeting some rando on Zoom. That's that's <laughs> all. That was my mentality forever. You know? Yeah. I just I was at a place where I was ready for somebody to enter my life. I was ready to give somebody else space. Yeah, I need to get But it there. took it took me years. Yeah. Yeah, cuz that's how I that's exactly was my attitude. I was like And like I was I, like I would rather be with the people that I care about or doing something that I want to do than sitting at a restaurant with yes. some stranger saying, "Well, and you know, for me it was Oh, tell me about Mike Missanelli and tell right. me about Tyrone Johnson." I'm like, "Are you here to date me or are you here to date Mike Missanelli and Tyrone Johnson?" Right. Because if that's the case, it's a whole other conversation. Yeah, Better go I, to Woody's. Yeah. Then, <laughs> then, I can't, then I can't have that. I had some guy on a date ask me if he, I had any voicemails from the cuz on my phone. Wow. Yeah. 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 It's been tricky here in Philadelphia for the tricky, old, tricky, for tricky. The old sports gal. All right. You posted something really great on Instagram, and I want to read it. And it says, your smile is your logo. Your personality is your business card. How you leave others feeling after an experience with you becomes your trademark. So for the men listening, don't ask stupid questions. <laughs> well, don't, yeah, don't ask stupid questions. And that quote, actually, my friend Reef, um, Reef the Lost Cause on Instagram. He's a he's a great rapper here in Philly. Uh, he posts that his feed is great. He's always all about. He's always promoting the love and positivity. Love uh, he works with Shibe Sports, who I, oh, yeah. know, I've been friends with for years. Um, you know the guys at Shibe yeah. too. Um, Actually, I'm wearing. Is my that shot. a shot? Yeah. I lo- I love that sweater. Isn't that so cute? Yeah. So I mean, I'm still rocking my. It's it's Mitchell and Ness, but I'm rocking it. It looks so warm and cozy. It's warm and cozy, and it fits me really well. And I'm just rocking it, even though the Eagles suck. Yeah. No, it's okay. <laughs> that's all right. You can always represent, and that's vintage too. So it it's is. Not even like it's like it's modern. Vintage. Um. But yeah, Reef always posts all this really incredible stuff, and I read that today, and I I was just feel I was just feeling it today yeah. because that's the truth, and. That's how I want to live my life. Well, it's interesting because so much of it's integrity, right? And I remember when I lost my job a couple years ago, I was mad and I was saying, you know, I did everything and I worked really hard. And my therapist was like, yeah, but it it did, but it led you to where you are. Mm-hmm. Like your integrity mm-hmm. comes with you. You know, it, it's like, and and that's not just work. It's just everything. It's like how you treat people. You might not see it now, but it's how you see yourself or how others see you. Well, and and um, to that point, I've always felt better about myself when I have operated this way. A thousand percent. Yeah. Like I, I would rather be that person. And again, going back to Carson Wentz, kind of. That's, yeah. That's Carson Wentz's mentality, too. Right. You know, and I feel like that's who he is at heart. Again, could it be a detriment? Is that why he's not successful in the NFL? Maybe. Perhaps. Yeah. But there's a part of me deep down that believes that like you can still be a really successful person and, you know, do whatever you set out to achieve while be while having integrity. Maybe that's why I feel the way I feel about Carson Wentz, because I see like a part of me in there and oh, that I, sense. I totally do, and that's why I totally adopt him. Yeah. You know, on on sports talk radio, I, I I find that I try, you know, when we're having the conversations, they're different than you and I having these conversations, yeah. right? Because the conversation's constructed different. The audience is quite different. Um, and, you know, the guys are all about finding the X's and O's reasons. Right. And, and searching for, like, the tangible thing that you can put your finger on. And I've said it on the airwaves over and over again is, is his kindness has been mistaken for weakness. Right. But... That's not necessarily true. Right. You know, so here's to hoping. And it does. I, like I like I've said, it's taken me a long time to the point where it's like, again, advocating for yourself. Yeah. And right. Carson, if you're listening and you want to do that, you can do that without feeling like a bad person. Right. You can advocate for yourself and stand up for yourself and and, you know, maybe demand a little bit more from the organization who's paying you. And putting the pieces around you, like you can do that because you owe that to yourself because you are a good person. Or anybody who out there who's listening, who's in a situation who feels too scared to ask for something or to demand respect or to ask for respect, you deserve it. Yes. 
And on that note, follow the Lipstick League <laughs> on the socials. I, there's nothing else to say about that. It was just so good. So it's the <laughs> Lipstick League. Please subscribe and yes. review us. And you can follow us. My All my socials are Nicole is Nick. Yes, and I'm Natalie Eganolf. That's E-G-E-N-O-L-F. But I mean, taking us to church. Taking a, did like you that see the a, meme that I posted I that like said that? one person <laughs> reads this as Gloria, but all Catholic. Wait, what does it say? Oh, Gloria. <laughs> Wait, I got to read. Hold it's, on. I think it's 19 syllables. syllables, right? How many syllables is it? Hold on. I got to It's find that time it. of year, too. It is. You could tell my voice is starting to go because as I got to like halfway through it, it was like starting to crack. Um, it's it says how many syllables does the word Gloria have? Catholics, eighteen. Yeah, Gloria. I can feel it Gloria. Merry Christmas. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. This isn't the Christmas episode that's coming. All right. Thanks, everybody. And um, yeah, like, we'll follow. you next week. Whoa. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Mwah. Mwah. I forgot. Sorry. We had to do the little kisses. Mwah. <laughs>